Well, if you're a guest with us, we again want to welcome you and glad you're here with us and you're experiencing New Covenant maybe for the first time. Uh, just if you're a guest with us, just to make you aware, we are as a church on a, a focus of discipleship and reading God's Word. And as a church together, we have been reading the book of Galatians uh, for the last couple weeks, and we've read Galatians 1 and 2 and Galatians 3 and 4, and we're doing here journals, studying it, talking about it with our families and our D groups and, and the people that we meet with. And if you're a guest with us and want to join us on that journey, uh, the reading plan is out on our Welcome Center. You can grab one and you can jump right in with us. It's based upon the date, and so you can jump in at any time with us. But I hope you guys have been enjoying the Galatians study so far. We haven't gotten to preach on it yet. Tony began to touch on it last week when he was with us. Did everybody enjoy Tony's message? Well, it was powerful. I, I need to listen to that message again and again and again. And uh, it's like water truth. It takes a while to soak in. And I want that word inside of me. But Tony did a great job of preparing us really for the study of Galatians as he spoke last week, and he was talking about how God is wanting to free us from religion and performance. Did you guys hear that last week? He's wanting to free us from religion and performance, and he wants to infuse us with our identity in Jesus Christ. He wants to infuse us in knowing who we are in him. And that is what he talked about last week and how our new nature, our natural nature now is not that of being a sinner, but that now we are sons and daughters of the king. We are an inheritance of God's glory, and we are something to behold. He loves us, and we, our new nature is, is resting in the state of sonship and daughterhood. Can I have an amen on that? And we are righteous in Christ. And believing and resting in that truth that we are the righteousness of Christ and he has made us righteous. That identity is what Tony was talking about. And even uh, we all struggle uh, with believing these powerful truths. We, we believe them here, but, but our emotions and what we go through when we fall short kind of makes us feel like we're not that. Anybody ever struggle with that? <laughs> but we're saved, we're justified, we're loved and accepted as sons because of Jesus' righteous behavior, <laughs> not because of our righteous behavior. Can I have an amen? amen. <laughs> it is by his grace alone through faith that we are saved, that we are justified and made whole and righteous, right? And so this is what Tony was talking about last week. And what we believe about these truths will affect the way we behave, is what he talked about. And so, today my title of my message uh, today is, is called, What You Believe is What You Will Behave. What you believe is what you will behave. And so we must be constantly improving, not our behavior, but we must be constantly improving what we believe. We've got to be constantly improving our revelation and what we are believing about God, what we are believing about His nature, about believing what He says we are. Believing those things affect how we behave. If you believe poorly, you will behave poorly. 
And that's kind of what Tony was beginning to talk about. And even the study in Galatians that we have been going through over the last couple weeks, that is exactly what Paul was doing in the book of Galatians, is he was speaking to the churches in the Galatia area. He was talking to them about their believing. He was correcting their behavior, but he was not focused on their behavior. He was focused on their believing. And we're going to dive into that today. And we're going to see where even Paul is addressing the Galatian churches. And, and he's confronting them about what they're believing and the truth that they are believing. This book that we're, we're reading right now was probably the first book of the Bible in the New Testament. It was probably written in about 49 AD. It was probably the first one in the New Testament. And Paul, is, he, he, he went to the Galatian churches, and he founded those churches on his first missionary journey. And he was like a circuit rider. He would go from all these churches, and he would go back to them, checking on how they were doing. And they believed in Paul. They believed in his apostleship. And that was even being questioned within the book of Galatians. And so we're going to talk a little bit today about the journey in Galatians, help us get a little bigger picture. We're going to do a lot of reading of Scripture today. We're going to do a lot of going back into the history of what was going on. Are you guys cool with that? And we're going to look at what the Galatian people were struggling with in their believing and when, what they were struggling with in their believing and how it was affecting their behavior because their behavior was changing and Paul was noticing it, and in the word was getting back to Paul that their believing was bad, and it needed to be corrected. And so they had started out great, as I said, but their believe, uh, with their believing, but something had changed, and now they were believing something different. So again, the title of the message today is, How You Believe Will Affect Your Behaving. What you believe you will behave. Everybody say that. What you believe, you will behave. <laughs> so let's start off with the first chapter of Galatians. If you have your Bibles today, you can get open to Galatians. That's mainly where we're going to be. We're also going to go to Acts a little bit just to show back the history of what was going on with Paul. But let's go to Galatians chapter 1, and let's just begin to read a little bit of what was going on. I want us to focus. I want you to pay attention uh, as we get into the scriptures about their believing. And so Paul addresses them in the first chapter, and he says to the Galatian churches, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel. Again, Paul is addressing their believing. You believed one way. You believed in the grace of Christ. And somehow you've been perverted. Somehow they're distorting the gospel. Some people have come into those churches. And they're beginning to twist what they're believing. That, the, that it is no longer by grace that someone is saved. 
And he is trying to confront that right away. He's starting to confront their believing right away. And then in the second chapter of Galatians, or excuse me, the third, verses 1 and 2, he even gets more aggressive. And he says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? So he confronts, did you receive the Spirit of God? Did you receive salvation by the, in the, and receive the Spirit through the works of the law or did you receive them by believing? And so we're going to confront this believing thing. Paul's saying, I'm going to confront, because you're getting confused, Galatians. You're getting confused about the truth. You're getting confused about the doctrine of salvation. You're getting confused about the doctrine of justification. If you were to sum up the whole book of Galatians in one word, it's believing you are justified. And that's a big word, and I probably might get into that next week. We're not going to get into that this week. I'm really setting a context and a basis of where I'm going because Paul was confronting what they believed. He begins confronting their belief system on their identity and who they belonged to and how he did and, and how they were saved and justified. So Paul was trying to speak some sense into these people. And you know what? We need some sense talked into us too. Sometimes our believing isn't very good. Does anybody else think your believing sometimes stinks? I call it stinking thinking. Mm -hmm. But there were some false doctrines, false beliefs about salvation by works. Someone had begun to bewitch them, begin to change what they believed. And because they were changing what they're believing and their minds were changing, it was actually beginning to change the Galatians' behavior and how they were walking out their Christian faith in community. Anybody want to know what that is? Anybody want to learn there? But I want to start first with, an, with a principle. If you want to change someone's behavior, you must first change what they believe. I want you to hear this because it's really important even when it comes to our children. I messed up as a father so bad in this area, and I know I will get an amen from my wife on the front row. She messed up too. We both messed up as parents. Because many times what we would do is we would confront the behavior, but not the believing. And here's what I want you to know as parents. If you focus on your children's behavior without addressing what your children believe first, did you hear me? Believe first. You have, to, you have to address what they believe first, or you will never change your children's behavior. I'm going to let that soak in for a moment. If you only address the behavior, here's what happens. You will have to use fear, intimidation, and manipulation in order to get them to temporarily change their behavior. 
You will have to power them down. You will have to control their efforts. You will have to be a helicopter parent. You will have to force your children's behavior. If you address just their behavior, you will have to use fear tactics, manipulation in order to change your child's behavior temporarily. And that leads to rebellion. And if it's not, and then the other side of the stick is if it's not rebellion, it will turn to passivity. And they'll just actually go along with whatever you say and they'll become passive aggressive. Because rules of your behavior without relationship and without understanding why you want things done a certain way, they only lead to rebellion. And so what we do as parents and what we do as individuals is we address behavior before we address believing all the time. Now just think about it, parents. Think about it, students, how your mom and dad are always addressing your behavior, but what about your believing? How about in my own life? If I don't address what I believe about anything, if I only focus on Eric's behavior without focusing on my believing, what about losing weight? I don't believe I can do it. If I don't believe it, my behavior follows what I believe. If I don't believe that I'm a man, my behavior will follow what I believe. If I believe I can love two women at the same time, my behavior will follow what I believe. I don't believe that, okay? One woman. I'm going to give you an example with my children. I don't know what your car looks like. Some people's cars look like that. Now, before we get, I wanted to stir the pot just a little bit. I saw this picture online. Guy's car on top, woman's car on bottom. Now, that may not be how it rocks with your world. It doesn't rock that way with mine, but I had to throw some stink out there. But I can remember as a dad, and my kids were this high, and I know I've even told you this story. Many of you have already heard this story, but it's such a great example. It's the one I can use because I've been given authority to use it. But my little son, Abraham, would throw his cups, his paper, his books, his paper, everything in our car. And I tried everything from threatening his life. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I did that too. No. <laughs> and I worked hard. He was the worst one. He would not clean up the car. And so finally, I had I'd seen a teaching about uh, expectations and sharing your expectations and agreeing with your expectations. So I just went to Abraham and I just said, listen, dude, I have tried everything under the sun to get you to th throw the stuff away when you get out of the car, pick stuff up and go, because I like a clean car. I explained why I like the clean car. I explained how it gives me peace. I love in a clean car. I love, if you get in my truck right now, it's pretty doggone clean. I like that. It produces, it, there's something about it that I enjoy. I drive slower. I'm not a road rager. Now, Karen might disagree with the, the driving slower, but I do. I, take, I, can, I even take my time more when I'm in my clean car. I don't know about you, but when I get in somebody's car and I've got to move everything over, I'm not judging you, but the other people do. 
I looked it up online. People judge you based on your car. They judge you based on how you clean your house. It just happens. That's just part of it. That's not what I told Abraham. But I told Abraham why I like cleaning cars. I said, is that important to you? Do you think that's a good deal? Absolutely. I, I understand why you like that, Dad. Of course, he's a car detailer now. <laughs> it is so funny. It, 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 but, but the same thing applied in other areas of my life with my children. When I addressed the behavior and would get angry and mad and spit and, and what are you thinking? Of course, none of the parents in here have ever done that, right? But we've got to address what we believe. And if you're struggling in areas of your life right now, look at your behavior. And you know it's not lining up with the Word of God. It's because you believe something about that area you're struggling in. You believe it can't be overcome. You believe something about something And that's why you're at where you're at. And that's exactly what was going on in the Galatian Galatian church. What you believe is what you will behave. And that is exactly what was going on. So let's look in Galatians, since your car doesn't look like that. Let's look what the Galatians were so confused about in the church there. You want to know that? Now that I've convinced you that believing leads to your behavior. I also wanted to add a third, third word, but maybe that's next week. Who knows? Because believing leads to your behavior, but my behavior leads me to becoming like him. And boy, I don't know about you, but that's my desire is to become like him. And it all revolves around believing. And we just got to get our believing in line. But in, the, in what was going on in Galatia, the churches were believing that they literally had to do something else in order to be saved. It was made up of both Jews and Gentiles in Galatia. They were believing Jews who had come to know Christ. Jews, for those who are young that maybe not know, that was the the law of Moses. It was the Jewish law. Those were Jews. They were Jew by by birth, and and it was God's chosen people. And they had a, and I'll get into the little bit of what they believe. Gentiles are us. We are non-Jewish. If you're a Jew in here, praise the Lord. We're glad you're here. But Gentiles are everybody else but the Jews, just so you know. And they were both Jews and Gentiles as Christians in this city. But here's, I, I want to give us a perspective of, of why they were struggling so hard that it wasn't just, we are not just saved by grace and that they wanted to add things to it because for 1,600 years, everybody 1,600, say 1,600. I want us to, I want to think, I mean, we haven't even been a nation for 1,600 years. But if you can imagine, for 1,600 years, the law of Moses is all you would have known. The traditions, the ceremonies that I'm going to get into here in a little bit, because I want us to theologically understand some of the history here, because I think it's important for us to be theologically wise. But the Galatian believers had been influenced by Judaizers, try to say that, Judaizers, 
within the church. And Judaizers worked to convince the Galatian churches that the Gentile believers must be circumcised before they could fellowship with the Jewish believers. You got that? So your men need to be snip-snipped. You think your tattoo hurts, Gage? Let's keep this clean, Eric. But we all know what circumcision is, right? The Judaizers had convinced them that they needed to come back under the Jewish law and that circumcision was a must. And Paul, you know, in our other studies in Colossians, even Paul addressed this issue in Colossians as we were reading that several, several weeks ago. You guys remember that? But the Judaizers had come and they had begun to convince him. And the, the word Judaizer comes from a Greek word meaning to live according to Jewish customs. So what they taught was that in order for a Christian to be truly right with God, everybody say right with God. In order to be truly right with God, he must conform to the Mosaic law. The law of Moses and circumcision was promoted as necessary for salvation. How would you like to not, you're not saved in this room unless you're circumcised and unless you are observing the law of Moses. How would you like that today, guys? But that's all they knew for 1,600 years. The Gentiles had to become Jewish first, and then they could come to Christ. Think about that. The doctrine of the Judaizers was a mixture of grace through Christ and works through the keeping of the law. And this false doctrine was running rampant in Israel and throughout the, the surrounding regions. It was running rampant because the Jewish people were having a hard time understanding after 1,600 years that all it took was faith in Jesus Christ by grace. So think about what they're going through. So Paul's addressing this issue week after week, year after year, as he does his missionary journeys. And he's coming back to Galatia because now their believing had changed. They're believing now the Judaizers had actually convinced them that it was no longer by grace that you are saved. And you don't think we think that way? But I tell you what, even in the Christian church today, we add a few doctrines in there and we add some things that we think we have to do in order to be saved. And you've got to make sure your believing is correct. You've got to make sure you're believing the truth of the gospel, the truth of the doctrine of justification by grace in Jesus Christ only and not by the works of the law. Can I have an amen? So that was what was going on. So this false doctrine Paul, if you guys read in Galatians 1 and 2 last week, you even see a situation where Paul says, I went to find out if what I was preaching was in vain because I had this revelation. And what he was talking about was when he went to Jerusalem in Acts chapter 15 because the Jewish council was getting so inundated with this doctrine of being circumcised as well as obeying the law of Moses they had to find out what, they had to come to terms as elders of the church 
of Jesus Christ, what were we going to all agree to and what were we all going to declare so that they were all on the same page? And I want to read a little bit of that because it's very important, I believe, to know that you don't have to have a messed up car. Anyway, there we go. <laughs> Acts 15, if you have your Bibles, we are going to read a lot right here. Everybody ready to read a lot? So certain people, that was the Judaizers, okay? Certain people came down from Judea to Antioch, Judea, Judaizers. Do you get that? Ju they from Judah, Judah, huh? mm -hmm. <laughs> Certain people came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the believers Look at this, unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. That should make you gasp. Thank you, good response. I feel like I'm on Jeopardy. This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas, they're in Antioch. It's funny that it says they went up. But at any rate, this brought Paul and Barnabas to start, start debate and debate with them. So Paul and Barnabas went, were appointed, along with some other believers, to go up to Jerusalem, which to me, if you look at a map, is down, but we won't go there. It was up to Jerusalem, to the mount, to the, you know, but at any rate. Go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. The church sent them on their way, and as they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. This news made all of the believers very glad. So now they get in the meeting with the elders and the Pharisees. You ready for this? <clears throat> when they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and elders, to whom they reported everything God had done through them. Then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, the Gentiles must be circumcised and required to keep the law of Moses. The apostles and elders met to consider this question. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall. I would have loved to have been in that meeting. I would have loved to have seen the sparring that was going on. Well, what about this? As they went over the scriptures of the Old Testament, and how they were having to come to grips that Jesus Christ was now the sacrificial lamb and that he actually fulfilled the Day of Atonement, that he actually fulfilled Passover, that he actually fulfilled the past, all the festi festivals. And after much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles, that's us, might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them. Say, he accepted them. He accepted me. He accepted me. By giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did to us. He did not discriminate between us and them. For he purified their hearts. Say that with me. For he purified their hearts by faith. We're going to say it again. He purified their hearts by faith. Say it again. He purified my heart by faith. He purified my heart by faith. Man, we've got to get that inside of us. We leave that truth often. 
Now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear? And Peter says, no, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved. Let's say it together. Through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved. We believe. Everybody say believe. It is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we are saved just as they are. Everybody say give the Lord some praise. That's truth. And you got to get it inside of you. You've got to get it inside of you. Because the enemy comes to accuse that. And he comes to tell you that that is not who you are. And I say that is who we are. And we have been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen on that? But what is this yoke that Peter's talking about here? The yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear. What is that yoke he's talking about? What was the yoke that was too heavy to carry, that they could not carry? It was the book of the law. It was the law of Moses, which is the first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Those first five books of the Bible is what they lived by. That makes up the Jewish customs and the traditions. Here's what will blow you away. There are over 600 individual commands in the Torah. Over 600 commands. And you break one, you are unclean. You break one of those commands and you are not right with God. And now because you're not right with God and you're guilty, now that you're guilty, you had to do specific things <laughs> to make yourself clean before God and to make yourself acceptable to God. That was the yoke they could not handle. They could not handle obeying all them. It was impossible to obey all the commands that were in the Torah. This was all to purify their hearts is what they thought. And to make them right before God. So they're saying to these guys in Galatia, guys, you've got to put all this stuff on you before you're going to be acceptable to God. You've got to put all this on. You've got to cut yourself, men. And you've got to put all this stuff on in order for you to be right with God. So I want you to imagine just a moment. Not only the 600 individual laws... We're talking about the Ten Commandments, which God still wants us to obey the Ten Commandments. Can I have an amen on that? But there were moral laws. There were social laws. There were food laws on what you could eat. There were purity laws. There were, there were sin laws. There was the sin offerings, the burnt offerings, the grain offerings, the peace offerings, the guilt offerings. And each of those offerings had to be done a certain way. And if you weren't done there... There were other things that you had to do. There was the circumcision. There were the festivals that must be kept. There were the feast days, the monthly new moon, the festivals, the ceremony Sabbaths, the sacrificing of animals for your sin, the feast of unleavened bread, the day of atonement, the Passover. And these were all the works of the law that you have to make sure you take care of. 
in order for you to be right with God. In order for you to be acceptable to God was what was being preached. Are you understanding what Paul was addressing now? Their believing was getting jacked up. That's what he was talking about in the council at, at Jerusalem. When they were saying, no, they got to be circumcised and they got to go back under that law. And they said, no. Peter said, no. We, that was a yoke we could not bear. That law was only provided so that you would know what sin was. Actually, it wasn't that, you were, that God hoped that you would obey it. He knew you couldn't on your own. He was actually showing you what holiness looked like. He was actually showing you what perfection looked like. He was actually showing you an example of who Jesus was and he was. And he was preparing a people that there was a one coming who would take care of all those requirements of the law and that I would not have to and that I couldn't anyway, even on my best day, I could not follow all that stuff. And they always felt guilty. They always felt like they never measured up. They always felt condemned. And where is the body of Christ today? Do we not always feel condemned? Do we not always feel guilty? Do we always feel, not? so many people feel like mud. There's no hope. There's no joy. Because we've lost the joy of our salvation. We don't know what we've been given. We've lost the revelation of what the Galatians were starting to lose. We are losing what our standing is in God. We don't understand what we've been given freely. Not by works. But when God comes knocking on your heart and he draws you to himself and he gives you his son and he says, if you will but believe it is by grace you are saved by faith. Grace of Jesus by faith. What you believe, you will behave. Their behavior started changing. There are some of the men in Galatia that began to get circumcised because they believed. They had to come under the law. They go back to obeying the festivals, and they go back to all that the law required. And Paul is saying no. It's interesting to me. This is a little side note. Do I have time to go side note? No, I think. It's interesting that in Galatians, Paul and Peter actually have a conflict on this. Did you guys notice that this week when we were reading? Actually, Peter, who just addressed the Jerusalem council and said, no, we believe that it is by faith alone in Jesus, by grace. And then Peter in Galatia is having dinner with Gentiles. And then James, who is a preacher to the, to the Jews, comes up to the area. And Peter then begins to withdraw from the Gentiles and won't eat with them because he is Jewish. And he starts, to, he starts to withdraw himself. And Paul confronts it in Galatians and said, I confronted him to his face. He stood condemned by his actions. You're acting like a Gentile, but yet you're not following what God has said. 
And so even Peter, who had this revelation all the way back in the Jerusalem Council in Acts 15, is now even struggling with this because, again, 1,600 years, guys, think about it. They've been following this. It's like a lamb to the slaughter, man. You just keep going down the same path. And how much are we are doing the same thing in our own lives as we focus on what we believe and our behavior follows it as well. So, Paul begins to change what they believe. He didn't confront all the circumcision. He didn't confront all that. He begins to confront what they believe, and this is what he begins to tell them in Galatians 2, 16. He begins to reteach them. He begins to tell them, know that a person is not justified now, I will take that word, and I will just say the easiest way to remember what justified is, teenagers, you know how to remember it? I'll just, I'll, I'll just give you a quick little one. It's just as if you never sinned. He justified you. He, he looks at you as if you had never sinned. Justified. It's like he doesn't see me dirty. He doesn't see me sinful. Is that good news, by the way? Anybody need that? Makes me want to shout, come on now. Yeah. So Paul again says, you're, you're believing. Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith faith in Christ and not by the works of the law because the works of the law no one will be justified not one the law could justify no one the law could make no one clean nothing but the blood of Jesus what can take away my sin nothing but the blood of Jesus what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of Jesus oh precious is the flow that makes me White as snow, no other fount I know, nothing but the blood. It is by grace you have been saved, by faith in the Son of God. And he was correcting their be believing, and it would change their behavior. When we understand our salvation and what we've been forgiven of and who we are in Jesus, it will change the way we behave. It will change the way you worship. It will change the way you serve. It will change the way you love other people. You won't give up on them because God never, ever gave up on you. 
when people frustrate the daylights out of you, you will remember how you frustrated the daylights out of Jesus. And you will remember the love that has been extended to you. And you'll say, Grace, I love you. Even when my flesh doesn't want to love you. Paul addresses one other scripture in Galatians 2. And he makes another doctrinal theological stance about their believing. He says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. Everybody read that with me. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. <laughs> I was on the cross when he was on the cross. By faith, I believe that. By faith, I believe I died to sin. By faith, I believe my sins are not counted against me. By faith, I believe the blood of Jesus Christ is enough. By faith, I believe that the righteous seed that has been implanted into me, the righteous seed of Jesus Christ, the incorruptible seed of Jesus Christ that lives in me, is an incorruptible seed, and that incorruptible seed will push me towards righteousness and holiness, and I will become like him. I will be perfected in his image. I will grow in him. I will become like him. Because I believe by faith that I've been implanted with the sperma of God, which I preached not too long ago, that that's been put inside of me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. I don't live by faith in my, my actions. I don't believe by faith about how I perform. I believe by faith in the Son of God, in His righteousness, who loved me and gave Himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. I love what he says there. I'm not going to set aside the grace of God and go to works. It is by the grace of God that I am saved. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. The law never was intended by God to justify anyone, to save anyone, or to make anyone righteous. Passover, the Day of Atonement, all that stuff was a schoolmaster. It was showing the people of Israel. It was schooling them to know Jesus Christ. Even, and we'll get into that probably next week. Yeah, don't even go there. Keep pressing in. So Galatians 20, 21, again, he confronts their believing. He was correcting their believing. Say he was correcting their believing. So, this righteousness that we have, this justification that we have that Paul's talking about, this grace and this favor that we have from God gives us the right to be called sons and daughters. Not just adopted into Israel, but truly fully sons and fully daughters. Of the King of Glory. We can only be declared righteous by faith, by believing. Apart from the works of the law, and we must rest in faith. 
And so Paul is even challenging us in our belief system even today. Do you believe you are a son and a daughter of God even when your actions aren't good? Do you war by faith in these scriptures? I know when I fall short and the enemy begins to accuse me, I am constantly bringing up the truth of who I am in Christ. I am going, oh no, Satan, you are not going to accuse me. That is not who I am. That was raunchy behavior. I repent and I turn from it. But I am a son of the living God and I begin to preach myself happy. I begin to declare what I believe. I begin to declare the truth of God's word, that I am saved, that I am holy, that I am pure. By faith. Everybody say, by faith. You can't attempt to earn this thing. You can't attempt to earn your way to heaven or behave to heaven. They weren't able to do it under the law. And you won't be able to do it without Jesus Christ. Hmm. I don't care how much you pray. I don't care how much you read the Bible. I don't care how much you serve. I don't care how much you heal the sick, prophesy, feed the poor, or any religious gymnastics. That is an attempt to ignore the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. You are loved. You are cherished. You are holy. You are righteous. You are without blemish. You are free from accusation because of Jesus Christ. Does anybody get excited about that? There's a few of you excited. Some of you believe it. I believe it. Hallelujah. Yep, I'm righteous. I'm holy. And I believe that's the work that God is doing in us. The question is, is do I really believe it? Paul was confronting their believing, and he was changing the what they were believing, and it was going to change the way they behaved. In, in our discipleship group several weeks ago, the guys, what was, we, we went over this scripture in Colossians. And it was funny when it was my here journal. That's, it was a scripture I chose to do my Bible study on. And I could tell it was really the guys were struggling with believing it. But look what this says. Will you read it with me? But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death. To present you holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation. Do you believe this? What you believe is what you will become. You will become holy, you will become without blemish, and you will become free from accusation. I believe God's wanting to restore the joy of our salvation. If you would stand up with me for a moment. I'm going to take us through some. If we could put on a little bit of music, guys. I want to try to land this plane. But I really believe God is wanting to download the authority of God's word into our hearts and so before I lead us through a time of prayer and declaration would you just by faith engage your heart with me and believe God with me that God wants to change the way we behave by what we believe <laughs>
Father, I'm asking right now that you would you would come and bring a spirit of wisdom and revelation to impart these scriptures to us. That they would not just be merely words on a page, but they would become revelation in our hearts and weapons of our warfare. That they would become weapons to destroy the accusations of the enemy. Weapons to destroy discouragement and lack of hope. Weapons to destroy despair. And God, that you would bring revelation and victory into our hearts, God, of living and behaving in the way you want us to live and behave based upon what we believe. And so God, I'm asking for just a move. So if you would, just close your eyes right where you're at. I'm going to make the, the declarations of these scriptures. And I just want you to repeat them. And I just, just ask, say, Lord, right now, ask, ask the Lord, God, put what I say in my mouth and put it in my heart and help me to believe it. Help me to get a revelation of these truths. Thank you for that, God. Thank you. Thank you for truth today. So with your eyes closed, put your hand on your heart and say, God, get this, get this word from my head to my heart today. <laughs> Say this with me. I have been reconciled, I have been reconciled to, God. to God. I have been reconciled, have been reconciled to, God to God because of Christ. Christ. I've been, been restored to God because of Christ. I receive that truth. Just take a deep breath. I'm restored to God. Just whisper it to him. I'm restored to you, God. Oh, thank you, God. Thank him for it. I am now presented to God as holy. Let that sink in. I am holy to God. I am holy. I am holy to God because of Jesus. He sees me holy. Father, I thank you that you see me holy. Father, I thank you that you see me holy. Thank you. Thank you for my salvation. I am without blemish. I am without blemish. I'm not flawed. I am not flawed. I've been made in the image of God. I thank you, God. I thank you. I thank you that I'm without blemish. Thank you, God. God, get that inside of us. Bring that revelation, God, that through Christ we're without blemish. Father, I'm free from accusations. 
I'm free from guilt. I'm free from condemnation of the enemy. I am free. God, I thank you that I'm free in Christ. I thank you that I'm a new creation. I thank you for my salvation. Thank you, God. Let that soak in. I'm free. I have been crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live. I am crucified with Christ. Therefore, I will no longer live. Can we do that in a second? Let me finish the prayer. Thank you. I am crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Now the life I live in my body, I live unto Christ. My body does not belong to me. It belongs to you. I surrender my body to you, God. My body is not my own. It belongs to you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I live by faith in Christ. I live by faith in Christ. My salvation is in you alone, Jesus. My salvation is in you alone. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you today for your great love for us. That while we were yet sinners, you died for us. Father, as we move into this next week and we have Tony coming on Sunday or Saturday, God, I, I pray Tony is going, he is going to talk about this stuff in greater depth. And God, I thank you that you're doing a work in our hearts here in this house. Father, we want to have our believing right. And we realize that our believing follows our behaving. And so, Father, I'm asking in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would bring those Saturday who you want to be here, who need these truths deep within their hearts. Father, I pray that, God, you would lead us and guide us, direct us as a people, God. We thank you that you are our salvation, and our salvation is not by works, but it is truly by grace and by faith in the Son of God. And Lord, we thank you for that. We praise you for that, God. I pray, God, that you would seal these truths in our hearts as we go into the Word this week. God, that you would seal these truths within us. 
and that we would live out of that believing. And Father, I thank you for that in Jesus' name, God. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.